0: Alrighty guys, it's been a busy week. I'm glad I had time to sit down. I had to find time this weekend because a lot of news happened, especially this Friday. Uh, so I'll just give a brief outline of what I'm going to go over in this video. The first thing is we have this Trump tweet here. I'm going to be talking about the trade war. It got elevated this weekend. So this Friday, it escalated quite a bit. going to be talking about that. The next thing is Disney just released their first peek at their exclusive series, The Mandalorian, which is a Star Wars series, exclusive to their Disney Plus service that they're going to release. So I'll give you my opinion on this and what it means for Disney's future. The last bit of news, and I actually haven't talked about this before. I just wanted to keep out of it. Everybody had their, you know, conspiracy theories, and there's a lot of news regarding Jeffrey Epstein, but I wanted to just comment on some, some things that I've read and some podcasts I've listened to about how he made his money. So it's it's almost a big mystery of how Jeffrey Epstein made his money and I th- I thought it'd be interesting to share that. And then and then I'm going to do a portfolio update, give you a quick look at how this last week went, what my thoughts are on the current market, and of course answer some of your comments and questions. So let's get started. First of all, to the people that are new here, and I know a lot of people that are longtime listeners that have listened to since the beginning, I've, I'm repeating myself here, but I look at the stats. We just passed 28,000 subscribers. We've had a few thousand subscribers join in just the past couple of weeks. So, to those people, this is my portfolio. It's real money. My portfolio is spread into different sectors, and each of these sectors have different companies in them. Like if I click on consumer here, This will have a bunch of different consumer companies in it. And the thing about my portfolio is that it's based around passive income. Every single holding in it pays me money back residually. So this is a cash flow-oriented portfolio. Now, what I'm gonna do is just give a quick update on what happened this week. So friday morning i was celebrating because i passed fifty thousand dollars in my portfolio my gains were above five thousand dollars quickly that turned around and went down quite a bit in fact if i go to the one day view here which august 22nd was friday i went down 715 dollars in just a few hours 1.4 percent, and that was good in comparison to the general market i can go over and look at that 2.5 percent down 2.3 percent down on the dow jones so the s p 500 and dow jones we're down way more than my portfolio. So, my portfolio did good in this downturn, but it still went down $715, brought me down below the $50,000 mark and below the the $5,000 in gains, which is fine. I mean, I should be wanting to get better deals on it anyway, but regardless what caused that. If you're not paying attention to the news, there's a couple things that caused this to happen. It started with China announcing that they're going to put fresh tariffs on $75 billion of US products. Now, Trump did not like this news at all. I have open here this big chain of tweets that he did. I'll just read a little bit of it. He says, Our country has lost, stupidly, trillions of dollars with China over many years. They have stolen our intellectual property at a rate of hundreds of billions of dollars a year, and they want to continue. I won't let that happen. We don't need China, and frankly, we would be better off without them. The vast amounts of money made and stolen by China from the United States year after year for decades will and must stop. Our great American companies are hereby ordered to immediately start looking for an alternative to China. And this continues on for like another five tweets. So obviously he's very upset by this news and this type of aggressive elevation of this tariff trade war was not good for the markets. If I go over to the S&P 500 graph here, you can see how this had an effect. For four days, the market was up and down, but mostly level. And then this tweet came out and this is what happened to the market. Down 2.4% for the rest of the day. Trump has a lot of different conflicting motives here going on. One of them is that he wants to be strong against China. That's part of the things that he promised. Uh, whether you politically agree with it or not, that's just a motive of his. Is to be strong against China. Uh, he needs to show that he's putting up a fight against them. Now, a conflicting motive with this is Trump has hitched his wagon to the stock market. He's celebrated and taken credit for a lot of the benefits of the stock market over the past two years. Now, when the stock market goes down, he's still hitched to it. So it reflects on him negatively. The Democrats in this election in 2020, they will use that as ammunition against him, saying that he ruined the stock market. And Trump knows that. So he has a huge motive to keep the stock market going up, to keep the economy from entering into a recession. Trump knows that if the economy enters into recession next year, like everybody's predicting, that it will be extremely difficult for him to be reelected. That's just a fact. He knows that that is the case. So he has a lot of different competing motives here. He wants to be tough on China, but he also needs the economy and the stock market to uh, stay good during 2020 up until uh, his potential reelection. Presidents do not get reelected during recession years. If we go into recession in 2020, like I said, it will be very difficult for Donald Trump to be reelected. I think that's part of the reason why he's calling on Jerome Powell to lower the interest rates, just to give a boost to the economy, to prevent any chance of it entering into recession in 2020. But regardless, with all of this news, what does that mean for investors, especially ones if you're focused on this type of stuff, if you're focused on the cash flow? So, luckily for me, I'm an income investor. I look at this and I go, all right, my portfolio dropped down $700 in a day. Does that really affect me all that much? Did any of my companies that I own cut their dividends? Did they say, oh no, Trump tweeted, he said some scary tweet, we need to stop paying out our shareholders dividends. No, I can look through the whole list. Not a single company has announced any change with their dividend policy. My portfolio is gonna provide me with just as much cash flow before Friday that it is after Friday the amount of dividends that I'm earning has not changed at all. It's going to continue to increase regardless of the $715 going down. So I can look at this. This bottom number, the earned dividends, will continue to increase at the same rate that it historically has. So that's what I like about being an income investor, focusing on these dividends. I think it's a much better weather vane of what direction your portfolio is going. I have graphs that track this from month to month. I can look and see that last month I made $166.00. I think that this number will, over time, continue to go up regardless of what Trump tweets, what China decides to do with tariffs, what Jerome Powell does with interest rates. This number is going to keep going up as I keep depositing money and keep reinvesting dividends that'll keep increasing. All right, so let's move on from this into some more uplifting, some more exciting news here. Disney just released their trailer, their sneak peek at The Mandalorian, which is a series exclusive to the Disney Plus service that they're releasing later this year. This trailer, I didn't know what to expect from Disney. I mean, I like the stuff that they produce. I think they do a really good job. I will say I did not expect it to be this good. This looks so well polished. The series looks extremely good. The cinematography, Everything about it, I think, was really well done, and it looks like it's being really well received, so I'll go ahead and play a little bit of this. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Don't you agree? Netflix must be a little concerned right now. They must be. This looks so good. I have a hard time finding shows on Netflix with this level of production quality. for the people saying that disney plus is just going to be for little kids if they're coming out with content like this i don't think it's just for little kids this appeals to me i think it appeals to everybody that i've heard or have seen watch this trailer wants to see this right all adults so i don't know how disney comes up with this but they have a way of coming up with the production quality the cinematography all the things to make it really appealing so um I've always said I think Disney's a great stock to own. I think it's one I wish I had more money to put into it over the next five years because I think that their Disney Plus service is going to do really well. Netflix, on the other hand, I just think that they're fighting an uphill battle. They have some huge competitors entering the market, and they're already down in subscribers, losing a little bit of subscribers in the U.S. before these competitors even enter the market. So I think that the risk in Netflix is is understated. I think there's a lot more risk in that that stock that there certainly is in Disney. I think that Disney has such a better margin of safety than Netflix right now. On that same note, I have to mention this. Apple is spending $6 billion on original shows and trying to beat Disney Plus to market, reports Financial Times. I don't know if this is true. This kind of took me off guard because how is Apple planning to come out with their service before Disney does? I, I don't know. But this whole battle, the streaming wars that's going on, at one point, it's kind of frustrating because it's almost like you're going to be spending as much money on just traditional cable with all these different services if you do want to see the originals from each of them. But at the same time, I do like that they're spending billions and billions of dollars just trying to entertain us because that leads to a lot of really good entertainment. So it's a double-edged sword there. Out of all these players, I think Disney has the best chance as far as the streaming service goes. Apple, another great company that I own, um I haven't seen as much buzz about anything that they're creating. So I don't know much about the content, but they're spending six billion dollars on it, so it's probably something pretty good. Alright, so I want to move on from news. It's the weekend and I wanted to show you a couple things that I listened to over the week uh just some media some things that i some content i listen to one of them how jeffrey epstein made his money wall street journal has a podcast uh called the journal they actually have a bunch of them but one of them is called the journal one of the episodes is how jeffrey epstein made his money and this was really actually pretty interesting to listen to because how this guy made almost a billion dollars is pretty amazing he has just a history of lying to get to certain positions once he was in those positions he did really well with them and then he just worked his way to certain networks and a lot of it came down to the owner of l brands lex wexner this guy that he owned a lot of these companies these outlets that were in the mall during the 80s and 90s when they kind of blew up and jeffrey epstein made a lot of money uh being a financier for him so but this podcast goes into it I think it was pretty interesting. It's like 20 minutes long and it, and it uh, explains how he was able to get all these different important roles. So, another thing that I watched over the weekend was the Fire Festival. For those of you who don't know what the Fire Festival was, it was a music festival that was supposed to be the best music festival ever and it turned into this huge mess. There's been a lot of documentaries on it. There's one from Netflix, there's one from Hulu. American Greed which is a CNBC show just came out with an episode dedicated to it that I thought was pretty fascinating. If you haven't heard anything about the story I would definitely check it out too. Here's a little bit of that On April 27 2017 thousands of ticket holders and social media influencers are flocking to the fire festival a star-studded music fest. This is why we're in the Bahamas we've come for this fire festival. It's like history in the making a villa. Gourmet food, an all-star lineup, even a treasure hunt. But the reality on the ground is more like a scene from The Hunger Games. The first thing we see is people running for tents and fighting over tents. So I thought this was pretty good. I watched this. I think last week aired like just a week ago on American Greed on CNBC. So check that out if you guys haven't. I think it's a pretty interesting story. It reminds me a lot of Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos How Billy McFarlane, the the CEO kid that started this whole festival, how he took a ton of investors' money. He promised a lot of things. The truth started to separate from what he was able to fulfill so much that it became fraud over a point of time. But he was a lot more brash in the way that he did it than Elizabeth Holmes. But I thought it was interesting. I'll check that out. Let's go ahead and respond to some questions now. All right. So you can write in anytime. The email is josephcarlsonshow at gmail.com. I'll get started with the first one and I'll omit his entire name out of this one. So he says, hello, Joseph. I work in a company that sells shares to their employees. The way this works is that I can buy shares, and if I hold them a year, then I get 20% of what I paid for those shares paid out as a bonus. I have been buying shares for around four years now. I can put in max 10% of my paycheck at the moment I'm putting in around seven. The shares have more than tripled in the time frame that I'm buying them. The company also keeps getting bigger and bigger. It's in the semiconductor business. I did recently sell half the shares I had and put the money in other companies and ETFs, but I'm wondering if that was a correct decision because the shares keep going up. Currently, I see two options. Buy as many shares as I can and sell after a year or so, and I get the 20% bonus. Buy the shares and keep them while the company expands. This is, of course, risky because if the company fails, then I lose my job plus a lot of the money. But if the shares keep rising like this, then I'll make a lot of money. What would you do? You know, in one part of this, you say, but I'm wondering if that was the correct decision because the shares keep going up. I don't think that that's the best way to look at whether or not you're making good decisions. So, like I've said before, the outcome of a decision doesn't always determine whether the decision was good or not. In fact, in the stock market, a lot of times it doesn't. Um, I think it's a good decision to spread out your money and not have all of it tied up in the company that you work for. Even if the company you work for is really good and it's gone up 300% in a couple of years, semiconductor businesses are pretty they can be cyclical, they can be volatile. I wouldn't want all my money tied up in that. If it were me, you're asking what I would do, I am a pretty conservative guy. I would sell at least 70% of it and put it into different companies. I might keep up to 30% of the stock I own in it in the company I work for. When you're clumping up the amount of shares you own in the same company you work for, you're combining risk factors there. So you have the risk of the company losing value, and then you have the risk of being fired. But now you have those risks both at the same time, where the reason people get fired most of the time in, in big layoffs in companies like semiconductor companies is because they're having revenue problems. The company has declining revenues it has a bad year you know whatever might happen and they're going we need to cut payroll and usually when they do that when companies lay off people the stock goes down investors see that they're laying off people that they're having revenue problems they're trying to cut costs and the stock goes down so you would have a double whammy there of being fired at the same time that your company stock declines and i think that that would be a bad situation to have so uh having said all of that you know the company obviously a lot more than I do I don't even know what company it is if you have specific knowledge that gives you more confidence in it I would keep up to 30% in it but being able to sell get 20% and put it into different companies there's a lot of opportunities out there lots of other great companies that wouldn't align that risk right with your employment so I would at least sell 70% of them and put them into different companies if it were me the next question is from kyle he says hey joseph i love watching your videos and appreciate your take on current events i hope i do not come off as rude or inconsiderate in asking this question but i would love to hear your answer hypothetically if you had nobody who is dependent on you and you kept the same salary that you have today would your investing strategy change at all i know that you have a bias for real estate which i don't know too much about but in this scenario would you consider building up a riskier portfolio adding to that I would like to know why you trust the real estate market enough to make it your biggest holding. If you get a chance to respond, I'd be very grateful. Thank you. All right. So there's two different questions in this. I'll go ahead and answer each of them. The first one, would I change my portfolio around if I was single, if I didn't have kids or a wife to uh, take care of as well? Um, It's true that I have some obligations there. So that might make you a little bit more conservative. In my case, though, I don't think that I would change my portfolio at all if I was single and didn't have any other obligations. So the only difference would be that I'd be able to put more money into my portfolio a lot quicker. So I'd be funneling in money a lot faster, but instead, you know, have to pay for other obligations, different cars and insurance and diapers for kids and that type of thing. So there's a lot more added expense there. Uh, My portfolio, I'd still be pretty conservative, even if I was single, because my portfolio, the risk that I have around it, that's not based around my personal situation as much as it's based around the current market cycle, the risks I see in the marketplace. So I would still be pretty protective over my money, even if I was single and I I didn't have any obligations. The next part of this, he says, adding to that, I would like to know why you trust a real estate market enough to make it your biggest holding. So that is true that I have 20% of my portfolios in REITs, which are real estate investment trusts. It's just commercial property all throughout the US and some other countries as well. Um, I wouldn't categorize this as the biggest holding that I have the most trust in. I think it's actually just more diversification. The way I think of it is I have 20% in bonds, its own separate thing that works its own way. I have 20% in REITs, that its own separate thing that works its own way. And then I have 60% in equities, ownership of companies, which again, are their own kind of separate thing and work their own way. So... I would say my biggest uh, trust factor is in equities, 60% ownership in normal companies. So I wouldn't really categorize the 20% that's in real estate as the same thing as a company like Costco. I just think it's a different type of company. So the way I look at it, it's more of a smaller percentage of my portfolio put into a different asset class. So I wouldn't look at it as having a lot more trust in real estate. I'm a little bit more overexposed than the normal portfolio has. It's like five to 10%. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that Real estate does fit with a cash flow portfolio a lot. It gets a lot of income, a lot of consistent income, and that's what I'm looking for in my portfolio. All right, so that's all the questions I'll do this time. Be sure to check out my Instagram and Twitter and subscribe if you haven't already. I'll catch you guys next time.